0: Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome
1: to a brand new episode of FedHeads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. And you're still at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. You've been there three weeks now.
0: My bar bill is unbelievable. I
1: bet. I bet. The report is Buying as One, Category Management Lessons from the United Kingdom. Anne Laurent is the author of that. And Leslie Field, the Deputy Administrator of Federal Procurement Policy, is here. And as I said on last week's episode, Anne, I want to look at each one of these insights that you have pulled from your research. You make a recommendation. I want you to tell me about that recommendation. And then, Leslie, I'd like to hear if you can tell us where kind of the government is right now, either implementing or not yet headed toward implementing that recommendation, just kind of see where this stands. All right, the first one is, to ensure the category management initiative is sustainable, it should be integrated into a broader government-wide procurement strategy. What's your recommendation to make that better?
2: Ann? Well, this comes from the fact that, again, in the U.K., as I said, when, when they were trying to accomplish this, uh, they actually created an organization at the center of government, mm-hmm. and they put high-level people in, in charge of it, no offense to anybody. and <laughs> hey, wait a well, We got one of those right here. <laughs> yeah, and she and it, it, it is, but even above that level. The prime minister gave it an implementer, and they put one of their most experienced guys, Francis Maud, who has been an advisor to governments at that time already for many, many years. Nice name. And who was a tough guy. I know, Francis. And they made a very serious effort to p- make this part of, or rather the delivery mechanism for their overall government procurement strategy. And, you know, it strikes me often that, um, I mean, I love OFPP as much as perhaps anybody uh, does. But it's a, it's, a, it's a policy shop, doesn't have a huge budget, doesn't have any weaponry that I'm aware of now that it may, but I'm not sure, but I don't think it does. Um, and so, you know, the degree to which it can go out and swing a heavy hammer is is, uh, is low. This this organization was created specifically to do that. Mm-hmm. And it also had the salutary effect of, of drawing together – Disparate strands of acquisition thinking and acquisition ideas and whatnot and moving them right into one place and saying this is the strategy for which – which we will use to deliver capability, right? So that is a powerful thing, particularly now when we have so much um, effervescence in acquisition in this this, uh, government here that we can – that we could – you know, we could benefit so much by bringing together.
1: I certainly understand the sensitivities, Leslie, about you and your colleagues going out and saying, we would like to have a whole bunch more power.
2: You Probably
1: <laughs> probably not a good look, but they right?
2: Should. <laughs> but should. Well, but
1: she can't say that.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: She might say it. You don't know.
1: You know. I have a pretty good idea. I've known Leslie for a long
0: time. <laughs> Me too. But, but I think you make a good point. I, I do think that the UK system is a little bit different, right? Uh-huh. It's more central. It's smaller. Uh, I think... You know, as you said, they had a maybe a slightly different management approach. But I do think that over the last couple of years, we have really created this environment and this foundation for category management that we've never had before. We have data that we've never seen. We've got people focused on it that have never been focused on it before. We've got a cap goal. So in eight, FY18 for the President's Management Agenda, it was the first year we actually set the goals, and, and we crushed almost all of them, right? So we had people really dedicated to this. But I do think it's an important point that we give agencies, some discretion to make different decisions, right? So it may be that for their business model, not everything makes sense, right? We have fairly modest goals for best in class, um, but we do give a lot of credit for for spend under management and we moved quite a bit into one of those tiers, right? Moved away from unaligned spend, which is sort of the tier zero, to the tier one, two, and three. And we've seen a huge shift. And so I think we are doing this maybe a little bit more carrot um, you know, than stick, but we have set the goals, and the agencies have responded. So I think it's a good balance that we're using, mm-hmm. um, but obviously we will evolve and mature as this goes on.
1: We're starting to run out of time, so maybe just a sentence or two on each of these. And um, executing a government-wide procurement strategy takes empowered, persistent leadership. How much of that has to do with the nature of our political system that uh, Leslie's boss – who she hasn't had one for a fairly long time yes what what's the impact of that on this one
2: well i think that it's it's as i said i think it's a a signal achievement to have just carried over this initiative mm-hmm. from from one administration to another one um and you know leslie's right it was uh built on on the uh an, an initiative that it, had much much longer live all the way back to two thousand and five, I guess it was uh, for st- in strategic sourcing. I worry, however, that strategic sourcing is now being conflated with category management, which they aren 't strategic sourcing in the in the sense of category management is just one of a series of tools and I would say that the much more powerful tool of all of them is demand management mm-hmm. because if you can look at you know if you can look at, at, at your counterpart across the table as a category manager and say so really, do you guys why don't you tell me why you're buying that at all? Yeah. Oh, well, you're buying it because we always have bought it. Well, let's think about that for a second. If you didn't have it or you had something else, how could you accomplish it? Do you know how they're doing that in, the, in industry right now? It, are they doing it in a different way? Really? Well, that's interesting. Maybe you should find out what they're doing in industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all questions. When you, when you, when you challenge requirements in that way. A lot of times the requirement goes away. Well, you can't save money more effectively than that, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, so the power of the office, this really refers to, you know, you got to have somebody who's going to consistently – You pardon me, but consistently wield the hammer. You know, Mm you've got to be able to do that because agencies don't really want to do anything that anybody from a policy shop, particularly at the top of government, says they should do. They're unique. They're all congenitally unique.
1: And the challenge there is you can ask a lot of questions, but if the agencies, Leslie, don't think that you've got juice, they don't necessarily feel compelled to answer them, right?
0: Well, but I have found that once you present data and you present the value proposition... folks are really pretty amenable okay. to to going in that direction. And I think, you know, we have tried to be fairly balanced with the carrots and the sticks. But I think in terms of the executive and persistent leadership, I think, and I've mentioned this before, the president's management agenda has given us a, a strong, strong platform. Um, from which to kind of launch this into the next evolution of whatever uh, it Another will Another thing
2: that survived across from it, the Obama administration well, to this a, administration. And we tweaked it a little bit. Yep. Right, but I mean the, 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 the administration changes
0: category management exactly. was in it to begin with, right? Exactly. And, I, and it has helped us, I think, to really get it on the radars of the very, very senior people. And as you said, the agencies are obviously need to make sure it makes sense for them. Right.
1: Using a strategic supplier management approach can result in greater value from suppliers that contract with multiple agencies. Now, you were very just – you were careful just a moment ago Anne, to point out strategic sourcing isn't category management. They're two different ideas, but there certainly is an intersection there, sure. which it sounds like you're getting One's at. One's the
2: tool. Yeah. Um, well, what I'm getting at here is, is, a, is a simple proposition, which is there are strategic suppliers to government. That is to say there are a set of suppliers who supply across the government, right, a lot. A lot of different agencies and a lot of money that they make. Um, there were 39 companies um, that have been in the top 100 suppliers to the United States government in 20, uh, between 2016 and 1996, okay? They've always been in the top mm-hmm. 100. These are companies that, if we were in the UK, would have been called to account in 2010 and told, hey, guys, you, you, you know, we're all going to get ourselves together here and buy from you as one entity, not as all these different departments. I don't know the degree to which we're there yet here in the, in the States. I don't think we are. The other thing they did was is they said, we're going to bring in executives from companies that are major suppliers or strategic suppliers here in the UK. We're going to bring them into the government. And we're going to ask them to help us to negotiate with their confreres so that you had you know, executives from, the I, from an IT uh, company coming in and being the strategic person for, um, for uh, that I, IT category, mm-hmm. helping the government have inside information and, and understanding about that market and about the suppliers in it is a tremendous advantage when you're negotiating with them and so that's the kind of thing that i'm trying to get at with
0: that one
1: Um, leslie what do you see as the current kind of state of the art for that one right now
0: so i think on the vendor management side again we've got each of the category managers who've got who have their own strategic vendor um, relationship management processes Um, and so making sure that though the each of those category managers understands who the key suppliers are what their what their interest is i think we've had more conversations than we've had in the past Mm -hmm. so i think moving in that direction is certainly where um where we would want to go and i also think you know it would be it would be a lot of
2: fun if nothing else to bring some of the folks from the uk who for example uh, negotiated really pretty effectively and toughly with with companies like, say, Oracle, who mm-hmm. has been kind of bulky, shall we say, in its relationship with the United States government. Just bring them into the room for the next meeting with, with Oracle and <laughs> see how that goes. But, I think it would be very fun. But we've
0: also found that sharing the price of paid information is incredibly powerful. I imagine and so. And we hadn't really been able to do that before. But once industry kind of understood that we were pulling data from different sources and we were cleaning it and we were sharing it, it really did change kind of the engagement. Can you talk and about why true. because i think people don't really understand
2: what we're yeah, talking I'll, about. I'll give you
0: a good example of uh, it was just probably in the beginning of uh, when we started doing this. We brought in the IT supplier, the 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 contract managers for the IT hardware contracts and we said what do you offer and what are the prices. And it was the first time that the government solutions had actually compared prices and they were quite different. And there was one example where it was a three hundred percent price differential for the same thing, and I use that example a lot. But I think it's really powerful that we had already awarded those contracts, and mm-hmm. everybody thought those prices were were fair. And then when we sat down and shared the information, we found out that there's pretty there's a wide discrepancy. Right. And so we built on that experience so that we could continue to share information that really showed. Right. We and when, need to and come and when you say the the the
2: the, the cross fertilization across agencies oh, is a key part so of this, I, that's really what so I think powerful. you're yep. you're pointing out, and it's yep. a very important thing. You know, people don't, in different departments of this government and agencies even within departments, don't know what they are buying duplicatively, nor do they know what they are paying. And not knowing means Mm -hmm. that you're going to see right. there are a lot of variation and, and have we, you have you talked to have you sat down with suppliers and said so interesting you're charging these guys 300 oh, sure. percent more than oh, those sorry. guys yeah. were you aware of that fellows oh, <laughs> sure.
1: right. well right. the, the reason that they've been powerful. reticent i would imagine all these years to do that is because they know that they've been doing well, that I would say and whether so it too. was intentional or not yep. um <laughs> nice face i wish i wish people could see your face on a podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I'm sure it was.
1: Let's wasn't just move on to recommendation it was just number a four. Issue. Um, insight <laughs> number four is counting subcontracts enables better visibility, oversight, and deployment of spending with small businesses. What's the recommendation there?
2: Um, so to get I was, that
1: visibility, right? How I do mean, you do that?
2: This is talking about tw- s- the way that small businesses work. Small businesses have quite a loud of voice in in our system here, and as they do in the UK. Um, and for a long time, we've had socioeconomic requirements in our contracting uh, process to make sure that they get their sh- share of, of, or in some cases, more than their share of federal spending. Well, what this refers to is a set of things that the UK has been doing to try to better match its spending to the small businesses in the, in the markets where small businesses proliferate rather than just say... Small businesses got to have 23 percent of all the spending, period. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, this is a this is a slightly more nuanced way of accomplishing that. Mm-hmm. And here what I'm saying not only should we be doing it in a more nuanced way, we also should be doing it inside the supply chains of larger companies, which is to say that's where small businesses live. Mm-hmm. If they're not getting direct you know, support from the federal government, they're they're. Working for contractors, the uh-huh. bigger contractors to the federal government. If we know what they're what they're doing there and how well they're doing there, that will give us a lot more information as to how well they're being treated by federal spending.
1: And my sense, Leslie, is that over the years that I've been following this, we've done a pretty good job at tracking that big number and not maybe as good a job at understanding what it really means and how far down that filters right so, yes
0: yeah, so on the small business side i mean the statutory goal is 23 percent and obviously um, we exceeded that in the spend under management category we made 31 percent last in fy18 so it's we have to meet or exceed those numbers for every category but i think your point about the subcontracts is, is good It our focus has been on the prime uh, contracts for the small businesses and so not that you know we wouldn't certainly focus on that but I do think the category management gives a visibility into the data the solutions and the the suppliers out there so that it makes it easier for people who are interested in some contracting to do that
1: uh, we have two left and I want to run through them quickly because we're starting to run out of time leveraging uniform usage data and standardizing on fewer versions of common goods can drive savings and the sixth one is category management requires managing spending not just obligations number right. six we talked about earlier about so that. we've yep. covered that one Absolutely. um number five the data issue is r- improving if not great is that a fair statement do you think ann
2: well right here uh what i was trying to get at was not not uh, spending data but actually usage data and, mm-hmm. and understanding for example uh this a good example is uh, software and software licenses how is how is government using the software that it's buying? Yeah. You know, is is government using the software that it's buying? Which is a, a very legitimate question, I think, that Leslie would even agree with that, because we don't know. Lots of agencies have lots of software sitting on it. becomes bloatware and shelfware. It doesn't ever get used. We have to have, and and there is a policy that came out under the Category Management Program saying, we need to better manage our software. I mean, uh, innumerable laws have been pushing towards the exact same thing. Not an easy thing to do. But if you know not just what you're spending, but also how you're using any given commodity within your agency, within your department, you have a much better chance of managing it. And my thinking here is, is software is a great example. There's a lot of other things that we should, we should equally be doing. And I think that, you know, to the credit of the program, it has tried to do that, at least certainly with software and, and, and in some other cases as well. Something that we really do need to get a handle on and really push for.
0: Yeah, so we did that with the IT hardware. So we. i sorry. Also it, hardware. Well, we did software too, but yeah. we said for also the hardware, hardware, we need a a manageable number of configurations. We probably don't need a thousand. We don't need one, but you know, a handful, so that we can make better buying decisions. We can go to the market with volume. We can reduce the number of standard configurations so that the security makes more sense. So we did a lot of that and we found significant returns on just doing that. Also the usage when it comes to, as you talked about, demand management. What's your profile for spending? What is your profile for shipping? Like what what does that really mean? Taking that data and making it standard so folks can make better decisions.
1: What is the number one takeaway, in that you'd like somebody to, to get from this?
2: I think it's what I said before, which is uh, market intelligence, supplier intelligence, becoming much better educated and continuously developing information about w- where we're buying from, who we're buying from, how they make or you know develop whatever we're buying from them is absolutely key to category management, but it's key to getting the best value for every dollar that we spend.
1: Before we wrap up, you, Leslie, are bringing back kind of you're revitalizing I think is a fair word to use. A really important initiative inside OFPP, the MythBusters initiative. This is gonna be round three, I think? Number four. Number four, okay. Tell me about what this is all about and what awareness you're trying to raise.
0: Yeah, so um, for folks who might not be familiar with it, the MythBusters guidance that OFPP has been putting out really seeks to help bridge the the gap between um, industry and government and to encourage good engagements um, throughout the acquisition process because we really do need our market partners to help us think through what the solutions might be. So the Mythbusters for guidance was going to be focused on the innovative techniques that the acquisition community can use to, to meet their mission needs. And so thinking about within the, within the framework of the FAR and the existing regulations, what are the things that you can do, drawing on the experience of the DHS Procurement Innovation Lab and a lot of those um, innovative uh, practices what are some of the things that um, agency and contracting officers can do so oral proposals advisory down selects show me don't tell me those kinds of techniques that we would really like to see more of because i think it it helps to reduce the burden on industry and it also helps to reduce the burden on government Mm -hmm. and can make things go faster so we will see some best practices, you'll see some good um, pointers and and tips and tricks in in that guidance, and we'll also have an online presence there. Mm
1: -hmm. How are you going to prepare the workforce to do that? Are there special skills or tools or resources that they need access to that maybe they don't have access to, or is it just kind of an awareness campaign on your part?
0: We created an in-reach campaign on the Acquisition Gateway. A lot of folks are familiar with what the Gateway offers. Um, You can Uh, search for OFPP inReach and there for the first time you'll see our policies you'll see links to training, you'll see links to to uh, uh, workshops, you'll see links to other resources that you can use uh, in uh, as you perform your job so we'll host events we'll have other kinds of opportunities to hear from the workforce and then obviously um, make sure that we're explaining kind of what we're doing and, and how it all works together so we're really excited about in if your federal listeners haven't seen it yet um, feel free to go to the acquisition gateway and check it out
1: Anne lawrence the author of buying as one category management lessons from the united kingdom and thanks for being here and leslie field is the deputy administrator of federal procurement policy thank you for being here Yeah, let me add my thanks. That's tremendous insights from both of you. And congratulations on great work, Leslie. Uh, The taxpayers are counting on you. And Robert, thank you for joining us three weeks in a row, three weeks solid at the Greenbrier. Delighted to be with
0: you from anywhere
1: in the world. I I really miss you. I hope you'll come home soon. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. On my way.
0: Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector.